Welcome to the glory in our stories. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Rachel Corona. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is episode 28 of the glory in our stories. Uh, today I'm gonna to be speaking with Rachel Corona. Um, apologize for the noise. Uh, this microphone is very sensitive. Um, but everybody that I usually interview, I'm always intrigued within like the first five minutes of speaking to them. So I've seen you, for those of you who don't know, uh, Rachel actually works at one of the local Bel Air Donuts off of yeah. Bel Air Roads of uh, Augusta, Georgia. Um, I was introduced to Bella Donuts maybe about a year or two ago, and I was so used to going to like Krispy Kreme and it's you know it's commercial food chain. Yeah. N- nothing against them, but I wanted to try something different, so I started going to Bella Donuts, and you worked there, and I realized that you always had a positive um, approach Thank to your you. customers. And early in the morning, that's. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I, I know, and it's because I'm not a morning person. So coming in there and that that uh, eating and drinking and partaking of everything that you all have or anything that wakes me up. Yeah. So, um, but it's adding on to that. Someone who's happy to be there. Yeah. And happy to be in the presence of other people. Well. So. I pride myself on good customer service. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all, y'all do a really good job. Thank you. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, but um, amongst transactions, picking out donuts and um, is it kolaches? Yeah, you got it. I, I've been afraid to pronounce it. That's why I always say. A lot say, of people say kolach or kolash or that sausage thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> they usually give up. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I want to at least try to say it one day. But I'm glad I nailed it. You got it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I think we were having a conversation, um, and you were just because I was mentioning this to you, and you um, mentioned one of uh, part of your life that we will mention later that really struck my attention. Yeah. Um, a part of that is coming from the West because right. I just visited California okay. for like the first time. Yeah. And that was actually my first plane ride. Oh wow! And it was nice. Yeah, it was <laughs> the big one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before I got on, it was the most frightening thing because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I didn't know what. It's a whole ordeal too. Yeah, flying commercially, it's not just being on the plane. You have to go through security, mm-hmm. which can be kind of a trial in and of itself. Yeah, but you made it back in one piece. So yes, it must I did. have been all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I keep telling people right before, because, you know, they had the, the news about what happened on, I forgot which airline it was, but something happened to one of the Southwest? engines. Yes. Yeah. And it happened right before. That's not what you want to no, hear before you it's get not, plane. <laughs> not one bit. Uh, but um, listening to you every single time I came in and you were very aware and considerate, oh. for lack of a better word, back Thank back. You better uh, statement and within those small moments I was just I just wanted to know more about you because you run into different people every single day and especially in your position and plus I know you have your regulars which Mm -hmm. includes me Mm -hmm. Um, but having those conversations even if it's just for two or three minutes very important and it's just amazing what you find out within that time span yeah I meet a lot of interesting people at that job yeah and I I'm just, I can only imagine the stories that you probably you all probably have yeah. just that just that moment that um, time slot in There's the been some really cool moments where um, there have been some customers who have been in like a sad mood or just like upset mood and mm-hmm. we get that moment to change their day yeah that's part of what customer service is for me because I've been a customer service worker pretty much my whole life and it's not just about selling stuff it's about you know having 
real human interaction. Yeah. And there's always opportunity to make somebody's day better, which mm-hmm. is what's important to me. Yeah. And, so, you, and you do it very well. Thank you. Very well. I appreciate that. Um, but speaking of you, um, you said you came from the West. Were you mm-hmm. born there or where were you raised? So I've moved a bit uh, over the years. I actually grew up in Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. the youngest of five kids. And um, I lived there all the way through middle school. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was sort of a transition in my family, and my parents split up. And my dad took a job in Minnesota. So I moved to New Ulm, Minnesota, which is a tiny little town in Minnesota. It's got like a population. I mean, it may have grown now, but it was like. 500 people wow tiny um like a town with two stoplights goodness yeah (laughs) um and i went to high school there and then after that um my grandfather passed away and my Mm, grandmother was living alone that's just the course of life yeah um so we took that opportunity to move down and live with her for a while she lived in new mexico so oh, then cool. I moved to New Mexico, mm-hmm. um, and then I ended up going to college there. So that's, um, when I said I lived out west, that's where it was, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I went to the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. Oh, cool. Lived there for a decade and fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the west. I, it's wide open, especially there are a few states out there that still feel like the wild west mm-hmm. new mexico is for sure one of them yeah like when you see all the like cowboy movies and like anything that has like just the big open vistas and the the mesa views and mm. the mountains a lot of those movies are actually shot in new mexico so when oh. you see those movies that's where i was living oh man yeah we um when i was in california we went to las vegas so we were going to um, Nevada and so yeah. we California so we headed back east okay. and I've never been there because I've always seen it in movies mm-hmm. and I always thought it was cool Yeah. Uh, but to be on a straight road and to see <laughs> land as far as, as, you, far can as you can it, see it yep. and my first reaction was there are no trees because yeah. all you see here <laughs> are trees yeah it's true that was actually one of the things that I love the most so some people say like they love the ocean because when you stand at the edge of the ocean and you look out you see forever mm-hmm. and there's that sort of feeling of being small in a big world yes um, and I had that feeling when I started living in New Mexico I started to realize how big and beautiful the world is um, because I grew up in Wisconsin where there are trees everywhere and you mm-hmm. can't see more than you know a few feet maybe if you're in a wide open space a mile or something but in New Mexico you can see forever yeah forever forever and it's funny you said it about being small because i think we were near the ocean we were at we were at uh venice beach mm-hmm. um or long beach <laughs> and it's 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 really it's really nice mm-hmm. and to to feel yeah. the cool yeah. from the ocean yeah. you don't get that here Mm-mm. if it's if you feel something is humidity <laughs> yeah. and it's um, very damp here very <laughs> Very. Yeah. Um, but the, just the view, and I actually recorded, might be kind of cheesy thing to do, but I recorded the sound of the ocean. Oh, it's such a great sound. And just the yeah. way that it just kept hitting, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I can actually, I can listen to this forever. Yeah. So, That's a good thing to have. If yeah. you're ever having a hard time falling asleep or something, Yeah. it's a good sound. So how do you feel being out in the, uh, in the east? As um, far as... Uh, I actually really love living in Augusta. Mm-hmm. This... Um, city's really friendly i think i mean i've had a pretty good experience here yeah um i've been i've been pretty much to all parts of the continental united states so i haven't been Mm -hmm. to alaska and i haven't been to hawaii but i spent time visiting with my sister-in-law in in, um, portland she lived there for a while so i spent some time in portland oregon Mm -hmm. um I had some more relatives in Washington, so I spent some time up there. Um, when my husband and I, so my husband and I met when we were in college, mm-hmm. and what did you study? 
I studied theater in college. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually will tie into that thing we're going to talk about later. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Because theater and film are actually still actually very active in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, So we met in theater. um, Then he joined the Army. Mm -hmm. And so his first duty station was in Washington, D.C. Okay. So we lived there for a couple of years. And then we lived in Pensacola, Florida for just less than a year, like a real brief moment. Mm-hmm. And we've been here now almost a year and a half in Augusta. Nice. So I've been most places in this country and driven through a lot of it, too. Yeah. Um, when we moved to D.C. from New Mexico, we drove. When we moved from D.C. to Florida, we drove. I like to see the country that way. Wow. Yeah. Like up... Um Northwest? So, we actually, when we lived in New Mexico, we took a road trip from New Mexico all the way up to Portland, Oregon. Wow. So the West Coast, which is really gorgeous. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful drive. Um, and ocean view and, like you were saying, that cool breeze that comes off the yeah. ocean and driving past the, the California vineyards. And, um, the only place in the country that I haven't really driven through is like that... Wyoming, Idaho, Montana area. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every other part of the country um, I've driven across over the years. My car has a lot of miles on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I think it's a really great way to see the country that you can't when you're in the air. Yeah. You get a different perspective when you're flying, but when you're on the ground, you actually get to stop and sort of experience places. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, that's one thing I enjoyed about driving because my family we used to travel from georgia to arkansas Mm -hmm. like every holiday because my mom was a teacher so when we were off she was yeah so um during spring break we would go to blytheville arkansas to see family and that was a respectfully small town yeah not (laughs) as small as 500 people uh but i i too enjoyed the scenery Mm -hmm. and that was always the best part it was always going yeah. The destination was, you know, something worth anticipating, but from, yes, yeah. it's, you see so much, you see Tennessee, Mississippi, mm-hmm. and um, Alabama, and it's just, it's nice. It's nice to take hold of all that, because um, you don't always get that opportunity. No, you don't. You gotta savor it when you can. Yeah. And it is a big, beautiful country. Yeah. So, so you so you've driven to like up north to New York and yep. past Virginia. Um, when we lived in DC, we had an opportunity to go on a little road trip. So we drove um, up through Maryland and uh, New York, and actually through Niagara Falls into mm. Canada. Yeah, and then through um, Toronto and back down into like Massachusetts, New York, Rhode Island. We just hit like every state at least a little bit mm-hmm. just because we were there. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get an opportunity to do that again. <laughs> so we had a couple, it was like a week and a half. It's wow. a lot of driving in a short amount of time, but yeah. I, it was great. We met some really cool people in Canada. <laughs> we actually uh, had been camping out of the car and hadn't really had any plans for like housing, but we met some really great people in Canada who let us crash on their couch, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> is it true that people are friendlier up there, or is that just... Those people were. Um, I hear that there are certain people in Canada who are a little snooty, like the French-Canadian people, <laughs> but I didn't experience that, so yeah. I I don't want to say anything that's not true and get in trouble. <laughs> but those people were super nice. I mean, they opened their home to complete strangers. Yeah. Just random people we happen to meet. Good thing they weren't, uh, was it cannibals? What was that? The good thing they weren't cannibals. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so. I guess so. I mean, it was nice that there were two of us. It felt a little safer since it was my husband and myself. Yeah. I don't think I would have done that if I was traveling on my own. <laughs> it's a little shady, but we've always been open to kind of adventures and life is uh life is really can be really exciting if you give it a chance mm-hmm. but you have to be willing to take chances sometimes it's like calculated risk yeah you know i'm not saying that people should just go hitchhike across the country but 
I think if you get a chance to do something and it's a little scary, like getting on a plane, mm-hmm. you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was, I was so terrified. <laughs> but I've gotten to that point where I'm, now that I'm older, I yeah. get scared, but a part of me says, I know I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to have to do it. Just uh, push past the fear. That's what I feel like. And, uh, and it's funny because Will Smith said something. He was speaking about that, um, about his first experience uh, skydiving. Yeah. And because <laughs> he was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Because yeah. he did it with his son. Uh, I think it was Jalen. Jaden. Yeah. And he said that one of the most profound things ever is everything that you want is on the other side of your fear. Mm-hmm. And he said, the moment where you're the most afraid, you have the most adrenaline, it's one of the most peaceful moments ever in your life. And it was the uh, it was the video of him actually coming down. So somebody was, he was skydiving, and somebody was under him yeah, uh, filming him. Yeah. yeah. And he was just having fun. Yeah. And it looks yeah. peaceful because it looks like it's in still time, mm-hmm. but you're, you're falling, mm-hmm. but it, it looks like you're flying. I think it's because it focuses, focuses you so much in the present that mm-hmm. you forget about all the things that you have coming up that you have to worry about or things that you regret that didn't go right or that you wish had gone differently. You forget about anything except for just that moment. Mm-hmm. So that that like um, extreme rush, that, yeah. that feeling of just being in that moment is a very pure moment. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to skydive do a tandem last summer and it was a remarkable moment yeah and you do not think about anything else (laughs) except for that moment yeah and it's great and then I felt like um empowered by it I I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of times when you do things that you know are going to be worthwhile but are also really scary yeah when you get through it you realize that you're bigger than that fear Mm -hmm. um I feel like it grows you as a person every time you do something like that. Then yeah. you think, what other challenges can I take on that maybe I've been afraid to take on? Mm-hmm. Gives you a little bit more self-confidence, I think. And, and it's funny how you say it, it causes you to grow because when you're done, you look back at it and you're like, I, did, I just did that. Yeah. And um, sometimes when you're doing something with an instructor, they tell you, you know you just advanced beyond this point. You were scared here, but this is where you are now. Right. And even then, it still shocks you. Yeah. And like you said, it's that, um, it's that adre- adrenaline. And it's, it's, it's very, I want to say it's weird, but it's, it pushes you beyond your limits. But at one point, you honestly thought that you couldn't do this. Right. Yeah. But when you do, yeah. you're like, well, I got to do it again. Yep. So then you think, so then what else have I been holding myself back on? Or where have I been thinking that, you know, the edges for me in whatever aspect of your life, maybe I can push it a little bit farther. You know, maybe I can grow a little bit more. Maybe yeah. I can try something else that scares me. I think that humans have um, a huge capacity and that, the number one thing that holds us back is our limiting beliefs about what we can and can't do. Yeah. You know, you think I can't do that, then you don't even give yourself the chance to try. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you feel has been you probably have many, but challenges that really really challenged you um, as an individual? So I was an extremely shy and withdrawn child. Mm-hmm which is probably kind of hard to, to picture. Um, so the first time that I was in a theater class and I had to deliver a monologue in front of the class, mm-hmm. um, that was an extremely terrifying moment for me because I was really just kind of like afraid of my voice, afraid of people staring at me, afraid of what would happen if I screwed up. Um, like people judging me and all that stuff and uh, I got through it and then I just like lost it (laughs) and I this is embarrassing I'm pretty sure I ran out of the room in tears but I went back and the more I went back the more comfortable I got with being in front of people Mm -hmm. and you know being 
okay with and like proud of my voice and what I had to say and um, enjoying having interaction that up until that point like I I was so timid and withdrawn and just like it definitely uh, burst open my world in a big way yeah. I'm so glad I studied theater even though I don't do a whole lot of acting anymore mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's helped me certainly in like customer service yeah I can talk to anyone and not be intimidated or um, scared I have a lot of confidence now that I didn't have back then that was a huge thing for me um, moving out on my own for the first time that was really scary yeah because I didn't think you know I had grown up in a house full of people it was my parents and then the five of us kids, so it was, you know, there's always somebody around. Yeah. So being on my own for the first time and, like, being able to count on me, knowing that I could take care of myself, mm -hmm. that was huge. That was scary, but it was huge. <laughs> Jumping out of the plane was a big one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit. How, how, how high did, did you have an option as to how high you wanted to go? I think or? that plane went up to about 11,000 feet. Wow. Yeah. Like, even 11 feet scares me. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so previously to that, actually, when I lived in New Mexico, um, I was working at REI, which is like an outdoor sports store. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a climbing gym right down the road from the store, and they gave us a discount. So I got a membership there, and I started climbing, and I had a huge fear of heights. Wow. So climbing was really good for me because it gave me an opportunity to gradually get a little bit more off the ground, a little bit mm -hmm. more off the ground, and to be able to trust the equipment and the rope and to know that I could make it up there and then make it back down safely. Yeah. It's like little baby step steps, but then I went from, like, 30 feet to 11,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a large advance, right? Uh -huh. Man. So going, and as far as referencing your, your siblings, mm. being the, the youngest of five, what was that like? Um, so I think it did make me a really shy person because I was, uh, I don't know if this is true in all big families, but in my family I felt like the youngest one was always the one who got like you know the hand-me-downs and yeah. um, everybody else was like fully formed by the time I came along you know like my oldest sibling is 10 years older than me Oh wow. um, so by the time I came along like they all had their own identities mm -hmm. they had their own place in the household and I just didn't want to rock the boat yeah. at all I was always the, the peacemaker and always just like the one to smooth things over mm -hmm. I loved having four older siblings because they taught me everything when I was a kid. They taught me how to read. They taught me how to ride my bike. Yeah. They were always there for me if I was scared or if I, you know, if I needed to understand something that my young mind couldn't wrap itself around. Yeah. We always kept each other entertained. We had a lot of fun just as a family because we didn't have a lot of money, but we had each other. Yeah. And I like I loved having four older siblings. Um, but yeah, I was always just sort of the the quiet one that sort of just followed along. <laughs> what did you uh, What did you like to do as far as for yourself? I like to keep yourself entertained. Reading, reading was my number one thing. Oh, I wish I did more of that. Yeah. I that really was the, the biggest thing. I um, I felt like I I feel like I've always had a very adventurous spirit, mm -hmm. but because we didn't have a lot of financial resources, I couldn't do a lot of things like get out into the world and try a lot of different things. We couldn't. We didn't travel a whole lot, yeah. um, and there weren't a lot of you know sports or activities open to me. But reading allowed me to go anywhere, you know in my mind go to any time any place um all of my friends were from books like i was i was a very shy person so mm -hmm. i had a very rich inner life 
Yeah. Um, and I was also really fortunate that my school was right next to a public library. Oh, wow. So after school, I would always be checking out books. And I just, like, I made it my mission to pretty much read through the entire children's section of that library. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love reading. I I sometimes miss it as an adult because mm-hmm. um, life gets busy. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not so easy to find hours of time to sit down with a book. Mm-hmm. But I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful that I learned to love reading mm-hmm. because it it gave me it gave me an escape it gave me therapy <laughs> um, and it expanded me it expanded my mind it allowed me to see different perspectives and just realize that the world was full of all different kinds of people and that we were all you know on our own personal journeys um, I think it gave me a lot of respect for other people too because I realized that everyone's voice is unique mm-hmm. and there's a place for everyone's voice. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that my voice was included in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but reading for sure. And then just playing outside all the time. When I wasn't reading, we were just running around. Thankfully, I grew up in a time when it wasn't considered bad parenting if your kids were outside you know riding their bikes and running around all day so there's a lot of a lot of playing outside i uh i personally miss that as a child because that that front yard in hindsight is very small yeah but it was so vast yeah because your imagination was yeah. bigger so anything could be anything right um so i re- i remember that and I, I was more into like the figurines Okay. The yeah. iconic cartoons like the um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. stuff, like you know, typical boyish stuff. Boyish yeah, my stuff. brothers were into that for sure. And um, yeah, because I'm the youngest of my my sisters. Okay. So we are fortunate we're two years apart, but the I thought it felt like my sister, my older sister, and I were like ten years apart, but yeah. we're actually four. Okay. But it's just like you said, you you. Do, develop quicker mm. and by the time you come around and you have your own they've already advanced yeah, so you still that. feel like you're the young well, at least for me you still feel like you're the baby yeah and according to them i was spoiled <laughs> and i but i don't i don't see it that way because yeah. my definition of men spoiled is different i think you spoil you get everything you want because right. i knew some spoiled kids yeah uh, but like you said when she once it gets down to you everything is just a little bit easier as far as for the parents because they've yeah. experienced yeah they've mo- kind of streamlined their process by that yeah <laughs> so but yeah sometimes i wonder what it would have been like to be the oldest especially those first couple of years when there were no other kids around and to have my parents like complete undivided attention yeah but then i also really don't envy that because the oldest sibling ends up being the one to like take on the role of caring for all the younger siblings yep you know and i know that my oldest sister whether she chose to consciously or not was always checking in to make sure everybody was okay and Mm. taking care of us all and i didn't have anybody younger (laughs) than me to have to worry about yeah that was the end of the line (laughs) that's how that's how my sister was i because thinking back i felt i felt bad because whatever the parents need immediately it gets thrown onto them Mm -hmm. and they had to grow up quicker yeah so um but like you said it was you made a good point having an imagination and feeding it that is that's the biggest thing especially when you're a kid yeah because that helps you as you get older and the one thing that i really like that you said is you're able to see so many different perspectives because mm-hmm. I see that in your customer service because mm-hmm. you speak to everyone yeah. the same way. Yeah. You don't look at someone and say, oh, I know how to speak. No, you're yeah. a human being. You're a person. Right. So I'm going to speak to you yeah. as such. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody deserves to be treated with respect. Yeah. Until you prove to me that you don't. <laughs> but even then, I try, I always try to think, you know, where are they coming from or... If somebody's in a bad mood, then what is it about their day 
because it so very rarely has anything to do with the person that they're taking it out on. Yeah. You know, but I think everybody deserves a chance. It's the least I can do. Yeah. And I think more of us, if we were able to do that, um, people would feel like they still have value because yeah. we all make mistakes. Right. But the moment that you do, you're marked. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, I see that a lot during social media, and I'm not really fond. I say, where's the grace? Right. Where's the grace? If you expect it, why aren't you giving it? Right. Um, so, uh, but going going back to you being. Were you an introvert? Would you call yourself an introvert? You were? Oh, you still are? I still am. Yeah, I definitely value, like, alone, quiet time. Yeah. Like, even even to the point where, like, there's no music and there's no TV and it's just me usually either reading or um, dancing or making things with clay because that's the Mm -hmm. other thing that I do that's like a huge release for me yeah um I just and I think also because my job is so 100% people oriented I need some like down time (laughs) yeah my uh my fiance is the same way yeah um she can be around a lot of people Mm -hmm. and then she said okay now it's time for me to I need to be away for a while and I met somebody else that was like that and I realized for me I'm okay mm-hmm. in both, but I'm a hundred percent introvert. Like I, if, and I've used to feel bad being around certain because some people have to be around right. other individuals. But yeah. for me, I'm like I, I'm okay if I'm if yeah. I'm by myself. Yeah. And that seclusion is very rewarding because within those moments, I'm always thinking of different things to write. Right. And sometimes other things can be distractions mm-hmm. or they can be influences mm-hmm. or whichever. But. I do. I enjoy my alone time as well. I get a lot of really great ideas creatively when I'm alone and in like a quiet place. Um, Like when I'm doing yoga, Mm -hmm. great ideas will come to me. Or um, a lot of times when I'm working on something creative, then other creative ideas will come up too. Yeah. I rarely get really awesome ideas, um, at least like immediately in the moment when I'm with another person. Mm-hmm. I think it takes me being alone in order to process things yeah. to the point where uh, things start to sort of fit in, fit in place in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then the ideas come. Man, I tried yoga for the first time, I think last, last year. And it was the most riveting thing I've ever experienced. So when she mentioned being in that, in that space of seclusion, um, and that and that um that moment when nothing else is bothering you, so that your creative influences can surface. Totally understood. I totally did. Um, but yeah, I was really intrigued um, by Rachel's um, our initial conversation when she was uh, cashiering at the uh, Bella Donuts. I hate using the phrase cashiering. It's like your role is limited. But as you will find out, there's so much more to Rachel. But continue to listen in. Episode 28 of The Glory in Our Stories with the awesome, uh, the pretty cool Rachel Corona. Now you said, now, and it's funny, you mentioned dancing because that's how I was, that's was going to jump into that. Because that's, that's, a, that's a concept where you are yeah. in the public eye. Yeah. And for an introvert, that's like, <laughs> stuck by needles so how did you get into dancing so when I was um, in college and um, Drew and I had started dating his mom um, would shop at this um, like Middle Eastern import store mm-hmm. and there was a woman there that she became friends with uh, who was actually a belly dance instructor yeah and Drew's mom didn't want to take the classes, but she said, you should take the classes. <laughs> so I started going because I was in college and I thought, you know, if I'm ever going to try anything new and crazy, this is a good time to try it. Yeah. And um, I really loved it because I um, grew up running cross country mm-hmm. and that was pretty much the only sport I had ever done. But it's such a static sport and it's very 
linear. You're moving in a line, straight forward. That's all you're doing for an hour or whatever is just running. Mm -hmm. And so when I started dancing, um, I realized like there are other ways that the body can yeah. <laughs> move besides straight forward. Um, and I also realized that I carried a lot of tension in my body that I had no idea about. Yeah. Especially like around my shoulders. When I started dancing, the instructor had to keep telling me to like let my shoulders down because I was just so tensed up. Yeah. Um, so it became very therapeutic for me. Um, and it allowed me to like connect to my physical body in a way that I never really had before. And then not shortly after that, I started doing yoga. And those two things together um, really allowed me to appreciate my body a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, because I had, like a lot, of, I think a lot of women have this, like always feeling like no matter how you look, like it's just not good enough. I would change this or I would fix that. You know, if only this was bigger or that was smaller or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and that movement in dancing was the first time that I started to appreciate my body and say like thank you body for being able to do this thank you feet for being able to you know do these dance steps and thank you shoulders for being able to do that shimmy and um, thank you body for allowing me to feel the way I feel when I'm dancing yeah and it became a lot more positive relationship with my body mm -hmm. um and then I, as an introvert, found a way to dance without having to be around people. <laughs> <laughs> so I discovered belly dance DVDs. And then um, my like belly dance hero, Rachel Bryce, who is um, almost exactly the same physical build as me. So she's mm -hmm. like 5'5 five, five, and very thin and little. And um, it was the first time that I had seen a petite woman yeah. belly dancing. Because a lot of women belly dancing are very curvaceous, mm -hmm. and a lot of the women that I was around were also really tall, yeah. and so I felt like a, you know, tiny and kind of out of place. Mm -hmm. So I, I found her stuff, and I started following her, and bought like everything that she ever put out, and then she started a website with like um, a subscription so that I could just take as many classes as I wanted to every month. Yeah. So then I just started dancing at home. <laughs> so then I went back into my little my little hermit bubble uh, but it allowed me to practice more specifically what I wanted to practice yeah. instead of whatever the teacher that day decided I could choose what I wanted to do mm -hmm. um, and learn a lot of different styles through that uh, I'm so grateful to her to Rachel Bryce for starting that website and for inviting other dancers to contribute as well because it exposed me to all the different aspects because there are there's like a family tree to belly dancing it's not just one style mm -hmm. there's I mean there's as many different styles of belly dance as there are belly dancers yeah um, and now more and more with um, social media and um, different websites coming up there's even more opportunity of crossover between um, like there's contemporary dance fused with belly dance there's like ballet there's people who fuse jazz with belly dance mm. um, so there's a lot of like I'm able to pick and choose the things that resonate with me and now that I've been dancing for a long time yeah. um, over a decade at this point uh, I feel like I've found my particular voice mm -hmm. but it was only because I gave myself the opportunity to practice at home alone without anybody around so that I didn't have to think like oh no what if I'm not doing it right and somebody's going to judge me and then I could just feel like well I guess I'm just doing it the way I'm doing it <laughs> <laughs> um, and I tried I've tried over the years to get myself to perform because I feel like it's really important as an artist to put your art out there sometimes mm -hmm. but that still terrifies me yeah even still like I don't know I think a lot of people do certain types of performing arts, obviously for the thrill of performing. Mm -hmm. But for me, both with acting and with dancing, I think it was a lot more about learning about myself than ever like needing attention. Yeah. Um, so I try to do it because I know it's a thing I'm uncomfortable with and I feel like 
when I find a thing I'm uncomfortable with that's related to something I'm passionate about, it means that I should probably try a little bit more. Yeah. But it still scares me every time. <laughs> I know uh, that feeling. Every time I, I read in front of people, mm-hmm. I always get butterflies. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times you do it. Uh-uh. It never fails. But it's funny because the moment you're doing what you're doing, that transforms into something yeah. else, into energy. Yeah. And you're like, I, I love doing this. I know why. And I'm pretty certain that whatever I'm doing is fulfilling somebody's right. need. Yeah. Somebody's need for freedom, yeah. self-liberation. I think that's the, one of the most important things is giving other people the permission to be free because they feel like they don't have it. I think that um, we live in a very like restricted society where people feel like they have to fit in, um, fit into the little boxes, mm-hmm. um, you know, get the right job or you know make the right grades, follow the right path, and a lot of people I think forget that it's your life and you should have the freedom to express yourself how you see fit and it's not about always proving yourself to somebody else or fulfilling somebody else's uh, perception of what life should be if you're not fulfilled in your life then you're not bringing your best self to your life anyways Uh, and I think that the world needs more people this is one of my favorite quotes um, don't ask what the world needs ask what makes you come alive and then do that because what the world needs is more people who have come alive yeah i think about that a lot it's really inspiring especially to people who are really scared to express themselves when they see somebody doing it i think it gives them hope that they could do it too yeah i think it's important if you have the ability to share of yourself that way to do it and i think that's a selfless act of of doing something brave like reading mm-hmm. in front of people or dancing in front of people is that it gives them an opportunity to realize that they could go for something that maybe they've been scared of too yeah so um and it's funny you mentioned how <laughs> you weren't fond of like moving in a straight line mm-hmm. and <laughs> how that mirrors how you uh, you travel yeah. you, when you travel you never travel and you, it's impossible to travel in a straight line right. but going from here to there and enjoying the fluidity yeah. of the experience yeah. and how everything is is connected and you go in the same direction anyway but having the uh, the freedom to go from side to side yeah. or, and just cuz I'm not I'm not a fan of, of boxes myself uh, when it comes to certain things cuz everything has a format right um what is it um I think it was a rapper he said um there's Lupe Fiasco. He said, form follows function, mm-hmm. which means that when you find out what it does, you create that, which is able to do that, but you create it in your own way. Right. And I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And usually people teach you form. You know, you do it this way because this is this function. Mm-hmm. Um, but having something that you can create of your own and giving somebody the same idea yeah, I can do that too right. it may not look like that right. but I can do what I do well in a way that fits me yeah um, but we're not robots no you know I, it would be a pretty bleak world if we were all operating in exactly the same way yeah it would be pretty boring yeah um, I'm not really fond of that myself uh, but speaking of sharing your body in reference to actually being a, a body double, yeah. um, I was um, I was talking to uh, Rachel and, and she mentioned that she was a body double for Emily Blunt. Uh-huh. And if I'm not mistaken, was Emily Blunt in a movie with Matt Damon with the Adjustment Bureau? Or I believe so. Yeah, she's Am- been in so many. Movies. Was she in the Devil Wears Prada? Is mm, that her? I think that was Anne Hathaway. Sorry if I'm getting it wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> She's no, no. The 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 initial assistant with oh, the yeah. red hair. Is that Emily Blunt? It's been a while since I've seen that movie, but does she have reddish hair? 
sort of in pale I wouldn't say pale skin but light skin maybe yeah probably <laughs> I don't know but how how did that um, end up happening so when I was in New Mexico um, in theater film was starting to become more popular there and mm -hmm. New Mexico introduced a tax incentive for film companies to come and film there and they would get a tax break mm. um, which I think is also what happens here in Georgia there's certain tax incentives that make the film industry want to come film like around Atlanta yeah um, and the other thing about New Mexico is that there's every kind of uh, like terrain and climate and you can pl make a place look like New York City or you can make a place look like Mexico yeah um, so film was getting really big there, and since I was in theater um, and thinking about pursuing acting, um, I started with an agency there, like a talent agency, mm -hmm. and I did a lot of, they call it, the nice way to say it is background acting, which means being an extra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was an extra on a lot of movies that came out of New Mexico at that time, so if you're ever watching... Um, Wild Hogs or Beer Fest or <laughs> uh, oh, so many movies. You'll see like a little glimpse of me here or there in the background yeah. just milling about. Um, and so it was out of that period my agent said that they were looking for somebody who was like around Emily Blunt's um, size and coloration to um, double for her in some scenes that they needed to um, like reshoot or do coverage for um, the movie Sunshine Cleaning. Oh, cool. Um, which is on Netflix right now and it's a really good movie so if you mm. haven't seen it, you should see it. Um, and I am like half an inch shorter than her mm -hmm. um, but pretty much the same coloration, like very pale and uh, dark hair and um, I guess in all the pictures that the casting company went through, mm -hmm. mine most closely matched her. So I got the job, which is really cool. They gave me uh, some like fake tattoos on my arm because um, her character had this like tattoo sleeve mm -hmm. um, and then they gave me like a really funky haircut to match her character which is great because I got a free haircut <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I doubled for her in a couple of scenes where they're like I mean it's like a couple seconds like it took all day to shoot this stuff and then this is always the way it is with film it takes all day to shoot it it lasts for like a second on the on the film so there's a couple scenes where they're doing some stuff in like hazmat suits and that's actually me <laughs> or she's like there's a, a scene where she's looking through some photos and it's a close-up of her hands looking through the photos and it's actually my hands yeah um and then the other thing that they do in the film industry is um so there's a photo double which is what i was doing and then there's a stand-in which is the person who um, takes the place of the actor while they're setting the cameras and the lights um, so that the actor can go and prepare for actually doing the scene. Okay. Um, and that's a whole different job. And she had her own uh, person doing that, but I think there were a couple of nights when she wasn't able to be there. Yeah. So I got to be a stand-in for her also and see how they would manipulate camera and lighting in order to... Um, you know, like get the right shot set up. And so there were a couple of times when I um, was actually like hanging out in the same space as Emily Blunt, which was pretty cool. It was like a little starstruck moment. <laughs> so that movie was really cool for me because I got to do two different jobs um, at the same time. That was a lot of fun. The film industry was definitely like a very exciting, um, just like always something going on mm -hmm. and it always seems so like even when we were doing silly little movies like beer fest is made by the guys who did um oh what's that movie they're the broken lizard guys they're the guys who do 
Super Troopers. Honestly, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. I heard it was really funny. I mean, it's funny in a dumb way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but even when we were doing something, you know, just completely ridiculous, it still somehow felt like you were part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of appeal to that. Yeah. So that was that was a interesting fun chapter in my life i'm glad i got the opportunity to do it Uh, there are definitely times when i think you know as as with a lot of times in life like what if things had gone a different way what if i had moved west instead of east or something Mm -hmm. but living in what if is a really good way to torture yourself so instead i just think like that was really cool and i'm glad i got to do it yeah yeah would you uh, would you think of pursuing anything in film in the future, or if I got the opportunity, for sure. Would you want to do something Absolutely. more than something like that, or like? I would love to act, yeah, for real, and not just be like wallpaper, living <laughs> wallpaper, which is a, a nice, easy, you know, no pressure job that paid the bills, but yeah, not creatively fulfilling. Yeah. If I got the chance to act in a piece, I definitely would. I mean, when I was in college, I did a lot of theater, and I did a lot of, like, student film stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was great. I love acting. I just haven't always been in a place where I've had an opportunity to really pursue it fully. Mm-hmm. If somebody came up to me and asked me if I wanted to audition for a movie, I would say, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and it's weird you said that because now, like you said, Atlanta is... Atlanta has become the place mm-hmm. to film mm-hmm. and every time I would see a movie and then I would see the Georgia Peach logo mm-hmm. and I'm like they filmed that in Georgia yeah. and um, that was at the end of the latest Avengers and I'm like oh, really yeah oh, I didn't know that did not know huh. that either interesting so I, and I was like they filmed most of this in it's Georgia? interesting how uh, Atlanta is so close and yet like a world away uh, yes because we don't hear about really any of the stuff that happens there in film mm-hmm. until long after it's come out and then it's just you know like it's just a couple hours away but you would never know that they're shooting the Avengers there it's like the <laughs> like the East Hollywood or something right and because yeah. I didn't know um, The Walking Dead was being filmed there and um, there's another show, uh, Being Mary Jane, that's being filmed there. Um, I heard about that. Um, I saw some casting calls for that. When I first moved here, and I didn't realize how far Atlanta actually was, yeah. I started thinking, like, it'd be kind of cool to be an extra in things or whatever, but then thinking about the logistics of actually driving to Atlanta every day, it's not going to happen. And when, of course, when you get into big cities, it takes you forever to get somewhere. Atlanta is tough. I've been there a couple times and driving around that city, I would not want to do that every day. And then have to drive home afterwards, too. Too much. (laughs) And like a 15-minute drive would take like maybe an hour if there's traffic or an accident. And I I know that that's the place for people who love living in the fast pace. Yeah. And that's naturally not me yeah that's that's how i felt when i lived in uh washington dc so many people packed into such a small space and everybody always trying to get somewhere in a hurry yeah it like on a psychic like emotional level i could feel the pressure of everybody trying to you know prove themselves like climb the ladder you know be the next big shot and the viciousness of driving in that city. Yeah. I like the size of Augusta because mm-hmm. it's big enough that everything you want to do is here, yeah. but it's small enough that you don't ever have to feel like people are all on top of you all the time. Like even during rush hour here, I don't feel like it's anywhere even comparative to what it was like living in DC. Yeah. And I don't ever want to live anywhere that <laughs> big again. It's not me. And, I'm, I'm a little slower paced. Yeah, and that's that's how I am, especially with uh, with traffic. Um, and it's funny because Grove Town is growing. Yeah. And but the roads are still the same size, mm-hmm. which is causing that yeah. to become more congested. Right. And that's a big deal to us. Yeah. But you know, in Atlanta, they have like five or six lanes. Still traffic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is crazy. Um, When I was younger, I realized that 
taking chances was very risky because I was like you, like I didn't know my potential. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't aware of how valuable it was. Right. It's funny you said being about being afraid of your voice mm -hmm. because I was afraid I didn't have one. Mm -hmm. But as a writer, eventually you have to have one right. if you want to recite your work. Right. And it's funny you mentioned about your monologue. Yeah. Um, during high school, I yeah. had to memorize a poem that I wrote, but it was like three pages. Mm. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to read it in front of people, but the instructor of the talent show, she said, I think it's best if you memorize it. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that because yeah. I have to perform it in front of all these right. people. Uh, but it's going back into that feeling of being afraid. But on the other side of that is exactly where you need to be. It's where your potential is. Yeah. And when you tap into it, it just, it, it, even after the fact, I was shocked. And a matter of fact, in midway, I forgot my lines. I yeah. forgot them. But they thought that it was a dramatic part yeah. <laughs> of the reading. Dramatic pause. Yes. <laughs> and somewhere I remember it and I just yeah. picked it back up. Yeah. But like you said, it's it's a very fearful experience because I was, I was indeed a true introvert. Yeah. Like I, I'll tell people all the time, I don't remember high school because I was I secluded myself so much because mm -hmm. I didn't think what I had was valuable right. or I had a spot in the world um, that could make a difference. Yeah. Uh, but now I it's easy for me to just sit down and talk to anyone. Yeah. Uh, I may not go out and pull like just approach a crowd and, and start a conversation. But once I have an interaction with you, the only common denominator is that we're human beings. We right. have different experiences, yeah. but we experience love, hate, right. uh, excitement, everything else. Mm -hmm. We experience it differently. Mm -hmm. And I become intrigued by that. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's funny how who you are coincides with how you live your life as far as um, like taking a road trip. I always wanted to take one because it's it's like you said it's not a straight path but yeah. it gives you an opportunity to stop go yeah. you can go here you can go there you don't have to and then like you said get, like being on a plane it's yeah. it's a point sort a of point b yeah and that's it yeah and you only see things from afar right but when it's up close yeah. you can see it in this detail you can see it in this glory and it's it's, it's a beautiful sight yeah. yeah especially on the on the west west coast i mean it's it's a lot of open space out there that was amazing. And like you, and, and we were passing uh, some mountains, mm -hmm. and I actually felt like I was getting smaller. Yeah. And I was like, these places are huge. Yeah. And it's funny because there, people build houses up there. Right. And here, you're like, I would, I wouldn't be called dead putting my house on top of a hill. Right. Uh, but that just goes to show how open-minded. A lot of people are over there. Not saying that people aren't open-minded here, but you just see a more of a variety over there. Yeah. When I moved to New Mexico, um, a lot of my shells started to come off, um, and I think it had a lot to do with that sort of more accepting, open-minded, um, different way of looking at things. Like people were okay with being different and okay with like thinking in ways that I had never even known about you know not just that i hadn't considered but that i didn't even know that you could look at life that way yeah um, and new mexico in my opinion is like a state full of really free spirits mm -hmm. um, and weirdos which <laughs> made me feel so good because i was like i'm not the only weirdo yeah anymore <laughs> so it was great for me uh and not that i think that um People here are closed-minded, mm -hmm. but I think that there's a lot more um, years of tradition here that restrict people, yeah. um, and a certain like decorum that people are expected to follow. Um, just just a set way of li living that people take for granted, and maybe part of why I like the West so much is because most of the people who live out there. Um, moved there by choice and weren't necessarily like born and raised there yeah and you know people here are generations and generations deep and um not saying that it's bad to be in a place like that but just that they're here because they're here and maybe haven't consciously thought do i want to be here is this 
you know, does this resonate with me? And I've loved moving around because it's given me an opportunity to um, figure out what I fit in with mm. and what, you know, what vibrates with me and what I want to stay away from. Like, I'm not a big city person, and I know that for sure at this point. <laughs> that being said, I don't want to live in the woods by myself either. Like, there's a balance. Yeah. Um, and I don't love the fast, 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 go, go, go pace. Um, but I also don't want to just be sitting around all day. You know, like, I'm always, I'm a very, like, center line person. I like to find the balance between things. Yeah. Work and play and uh, being alone and being around people, having activities to go to and also being okay with doing nothing. There's, like, there's always that area in the middle that I like to reside in. And it's been cool moving around a lot because it's given me the opportunity to find out what it is really that that I like that works for me. Mm-hmm. I like it here. I won't be a permanent resident here. I don't know. I have not ever really found a place yet that I think I would be a forever resident, though. I feel like a resident of the planet Earth and wherever like that. that takes me, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big planet, and I've only seen just, you know, a tiny little part of it. If there was one thing I could do with my life that I haven't done a whole lot of, it would be international travel. Yeah. Because there's so many different, I mean, you think there's different cultures between places in the United States. Just, like, imagine going to China or, you know, Thailand or somewhere in South America. Like, that's a culture shock. That's what I want to see. It's just the world is so. I think if we all got an opportunity to just experience different cultures, I think we would be able to accept each other a lot more. Yeah. Instead of thinking my way is the only right way. Yeah. So traveling definitely like number one thing that I want to work towards in my life. Nice. That's what I want to do as well. Do more of, especially being down here in the south my whole life. Yeah. I is. I want to see more. Yeah. And it's like I've always wanted to go to New York. I just want to visit it. Yeah. Um, Cause see it so often everywhere else. See it and people. Right. I see people here. Yeah. From New York. Yeah. And um, I, even if it's just to go there, just to taste the pizza, mm-hmm. you know, just walk to, around Central Park a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even go or go to uh, Central Central Perk. Yeah. You know, yeah. Of friends, like even <laughs> yeah. just to be there, like that would have been. Uh, an awesome experience. Well, you're young. You got time. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take advantage of that. Life's full of possibilities. I think that's another thing. We, we often say, like, if I only could or if I had. But, you know, up until the day you're dead and buried, you got a lot of opportunity. Yeah. You know, you never know what could happen in your life. Growing up, like I did, I never would have thought that I would have had the opportunity to travel all around the country and, um, you know, go to Canada a couple times and um, visit Costa Rica. But I have, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all in the journey. You just got to um, be willing to take the adventure, I guess. Yeah. For me, it's more about um, having, like, a, a goal than a plan. You know, I feel like a plan is very restrictive in, like, steps, you know, like, step one, step two, step three, must follow in this order. And a goal is, like, this is a thing that I would like to do. How I get there, I'm not sure, but I'm just going to put it on my list, and I'll figure it out as I go. And I think that opens up a lot more creative thinking and also just, like, a lot more opportunity for cool stuff to happen that you never would have thought of in, in in your planning. Yeah. I've done so many things and been so many places that I never planned to be or mm-hmm. to do. And thank goodness for that because I am who I am because of all the weird stuff that I've been through. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess in, in closing, okay. what, would, what, would your be, what would be your words to live by? So that last little bit for sure. I think that it's very important to have some ideas of what you what you want out of life, but also to be open to the flexibility of life, that things aren't going to go according to plan all the time, and to be willing to adjust 
mm-hmm. and take the adventure and um, it's not a straight line and the fun of the journey of life is being able to experience it and if you're so set on where you're going you forget to appreciate where you are yeah um, I also think that you got to love yourself um, I, I think that a lot of people look for for love and um, validation outside of themselves and mm-hmm. if you don't have it within yourself um, there's nothing that will ever satisfy you yeah um, and I also feel very strongly that failure is only a thing that happens when you give up yeah I think that if you try something and it doesn't work out then you learn from it and you try something else you adjust as long as you keep trying you're not failing and as long as you are alive and you have another day, then you have another chance. Yeah. There's a lot of hope in life. Um, you just have to be willing to like be here and experience it, appreciate what you have, enjoy the journey. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Rachel, thank you. for your time. I really yeah. appreciate it. It was fun. And. Um, yeah, I'm glad I got an opportunity to talk more with you. Because I was just really curious as to when you say you came from the West. Mm-hmm. And my mom, you like, you came here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of all places? Uh, because I guess I'm saying that because I'm so used to the right. East. Um, but just being over there for a week, I was like, man, this is it's amazing. But just being anywhere that you haven't been traditionally, it's always going to yeah. blow your mind. Yeah. Uh, it's good for you. Yeah. Which I, I will be doing more of. Okay. I will. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you all for listening. This is uh, episode 28 of The Glory in Our Stories with Rachel Corona. Mm-hmm.